With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Punters Mate on SEN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Punters Mate on this Friday, the 3rd of March, 2023. Sammy Hyland, good afternoon to you. The year's flying by, isn't it? It is, uh, Chris. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. I was uh, was only uh, thinking last night, um, you know, how I'm going to plan my May Carnival trip down to Warrnambool and yeah. uh, break the news to Nickers. And I was going to say, yeah. are you, what? It's not a caravan trip? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a caravan trip. Uh, this one. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, how, well. Uh, There'll be work involved, so I've got to turn up, don't I? So well, that's right. You have no choice. You've got to have a job. It's only fair that that I go down to the ball. So yeah, but it's it, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, that's May, right? Yeah, that's May, and it's it's not too far away. So exciting times. But uh, and then of course, uh, yeah, the uh, the winter carnival up here in Queensland. I yeah. mean, uh, it's it does come around quick. You know, well, it's it seems like uh, it was only yesterday we had the summer carnival, and bang, it's here. Well, I think it's still not, not looking at the dates or off the top of my head. I think it's late April. We start some good racing. Uh, of course it's late April. Then we've got May and June and it goes right through to July. So it, uh, it goes on and it'll come up really quickly. As you mentioned, we're already in March. So, uh, yeah, how's your week been? What have you been up to this week? And the exciting after uh, a massive day's racing last Saturday? Yeah, it was. It's just been uh, full on, hasn't it? And and uh, yeah, things are revving up uh, down south with uh, both Sydney and Melbourne with the, the big races uh, kicking off. And and uh, yeah, we've got good racing up here. Uh, Felix the Scat. Look, yeah, uh, we're all sh- over it last sh- week. Shout out to Will Holbert, yeah. who just dead set cleaned up uh, last weekend and. Didn't it bolt in? Didn't it just bolt it in? Did. Uh, yeah, it was very impressive. Back in the run and then uh, had a sweet run, got through and uh, just blew them away. So, yeah, he's going to be a nice horse going forward, Chris. He's uh, he's going to make up a nice stayer. The blinkers went on. Um, that made the difference because he just he, – he, he showed ability in those trials prior to his first preparation, but he didn't do a great deal at those runs. But, I mean, the trial at Deegan was obviously impressive. And then he came out and just uh, ran right over the top of them. And the one I liked, I think they're still looking for it at a lad on the track. I think it's still there somewhere. But... Well, it's a classic example, isn't it, uh, with horses that just take a bit of time, you know. And, uh, and you know, it's consistent, obviously, with horses that get over a trip. And that, and that's what this horse will do uh, is, you know, they just, they you know, the first preparation was probably all just a bit too early for yep. him. And a bit of time under his belt, he's furnished up and... They come back a, a, a better horse, second preparation, and then uh, and possibly the third. So, you know, it's um, and I think that's why you know uh, we often hear um, owners uh, 
you know, they get a bit itchy and, and a bit impatient with, with young horses and they want them to get to the races. But there, that, that is a classic example of a horse that, you know, if you're patient with it, uh, you're going to get the get the rewards and uh, in the big picture. And, and that'll be his go. Like, I reckon he's a derby horse, that horse. You don't see too many of the good stables being impatient with their horses and rushing them, do you? You see them being very patient and waiting. And if they've got to wait a six months or so, they'll do it. And the, and the beauty of... Um, you know, and that and that is even harder for for a smaller boutique yes. style table, stable like like Will Holbert because uh, he knows it's the right thing to do to give this horse plenty of time and and let him furnish up. But you know, when you've got owners that yep. that want him to go to the races, and, and I'm not saying this is the case, but I'm just using this horse as an example that you know if. If you wanted it to get to the races and and turn up, and you know it all happens a bit too early for him. But whereas the big stables, they they've got the numbers, they've got the owners, they've got the clientele, so they can afford to they can afford to sort of hold him at bay a little bit and and wait. Uh, and you know it's it's uh, you know I don't want to sound too old fashioned or old school, Chriso, but you know it's not enough. Um, not enough people, you know, wait. With horses, you yeah. know, it's uh, it's it's well, so a lot of horses can go to the races too early, and and uh, and that's where you know in the you know when you get down the track, you can pick up horses that it was all you know they get they get frizzled and fried in, in that in that first preparation, and they don't perform at the races, and then you can pick horses up cheap that you know with a bit of a pedigree and and uh, a bit of scope about them, but they just need a bit of time. Um, you know, if you're prepared to wait. Yeah, the the rewards are there. An uncommon James is a perfect example of that. I mean, he he was so impressive in the spring at Caulfield, and he went amiss, and it wasn't a massive injury. I mean, they they could have just turned him out for a week or so and kept going, but I thought no, we'll be patient. Uh, he resumed with that second, and people thought, oh, that was an okay run. But then he wins the Oakley Plate last week. There's a the perfect example, uh, and they are a stable that are patient and they place their horses so well. I speak of O'Day Hoisted. Uh, and they got the result with Uncommon James. And who knows, they'll probably get into an Everest. Yeah, well, absolutely flying that stable at the moment, aren't they? They've got uh, plenty of bullets and plenty of nice horses. And we've spoken in uh, in recent weeks or recent months that, um, you know, that about the Queensland horses going down to, to Victoria and yep. having a presence and being competitive in those good races. Whereas, um, you know, the best Queensland horses in the past would, would go down and, and be competitive, but now you know we're we're getting a load of horses that have gone down for the spring carnival and now the autumn carnival and and winning. You know, it's um, you know, I, I think it just shows you that things are starting to level out a bit. Yep. And as as uh, over the years, you know, it's um, it's not just Sydney, Melbourne lengths ahead of of everybody else, and and I think that's because of uh, so much racing. You know. I, you know, I, I, I thought um, it's funny, isn't it, with this um, uh, the Australian Cup and All Star Mile, and the, the, all the talk through the Spring Carnival was, oh, you know, we need clean air and all this rot going going into November. Well, they're going up against the football, aren't they? In yep. in a couple of weeks' time, they you are. know what what's happened? What's happened to to that argument? <laughs> you know, they just say stuff to suit themselves. Like, oh, I tell you, it's it's quite bizarre, I think. Yes, it's a little annoying at times. Uh, now, we spoke about Uncommon James. We'll be speaking to Ben Thompson very shortly, of course, who rode Uncommon James. It was Ben's first Group 1 victory, and to do it in Melbourne was very special, I would imagine, Sammy. 
Um, we'll speak to Sam Collett later in the show. She's got some good rights. SEN Tracks own. Yeah, SEN Tracks own. Well, SEN Q, SEN Tracks. Yes, everything. She's all over the airwaves. So we'll talk to Sam about her rides tomorrow. Just how she's settling into Australia. When I say settling in, she's been here a couple of years now. So uh, does she I miss think she's home? flying. Yeah, she's flying. going really well. Uh, yeah, just before we get to what's going on in Queensland over the weekend, the uh, the National Apprentice Race Series is taking uh, uh, is sorry going to happen again, of course, this year all around Australia. Now, the Queensland representatives, the Queensland Apprentices, on the 4th of March, Darwin, so that's tomorrow, Sophie Wilcock will be riding representing Queensland. 15th of March at Belmont in WA at Manu Potguider. It is the right pronunciation, isn't it? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, 19th of March at Elwick in Hobart will be Lily Barr, who, of course, is apprentice to Les Ross. Uh, the 22nd of March at Strathalbyn in South Australia will be Emily Lang, who's apprentice to O'Day Hoisted. And the 29th of March, uh, it's being hosted at Eagle Farm. So we've got a number of Queensland apprentices involved here. Angela Jones, Jaden Lloyd, Malia Castle, Mininette Kennedy, Manu Potguider and Yvette Lewis. And then it winds up on the 19th of uh, April at Sandown in Melbourne where Ange Jones will get to ride. So that's great for Angela Jones. She's riding so well. She's got uh, the gig with Tony Gollan and she'll get to ride at Sandown uh, next month. That's exciting stuff for her, Sammy. Fantastic. Uh, it's really good. That, great that um, these apprentices get to travel around uh, Australia and obviously uh, ride in, in different jurisdictions, different states, and and uh, and also, you know, uh, meet different trainers and, and jockeys. And, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a great thing, and, so, and I'm sure those apprentices, of course, it kicks off uh, this Saturday, uh, the first meeting is at Darwin. Yep. And, uh, of course, if you've been listening to NT Racing Talk... You As you hear, should be. Yeah. Uh, you will hear Andrew O'Toole giving us the rundown of of uh, the, the Darwin apprentices. Um, it's good that, you know, there's they've, I think they've got three or four uh, apprentices uh, at the top end now. And and then in, uh, in Alice as well, they've got uh, a few apprentices doing well. So... Um, whereas in the past, it's been hard for those apprentices to get going uh, uh, up there. So it's yeah, it's a really good thing. I, I think uh, it'll be uh, yeah, it'll be watched eagerly by everybody around Australia. How good is Andrew O'Toole when it comes to Darwin racing? He's a and jet. Springs. He He's just a... knows everything, doesn't he? He's a jet. He's a jet. Uh, now racing over the weekend. Of course, we raced. We raced today at Cairns, but we're racing tonight at the Sunshine Coast. We have a night meeting there. Uh, we race tomorrow at Aquas Park Gold Coast on the Poly Track once again. We race at Dolby for the Dolby Newmarket, Sammy. You little beauty. Yep. And we race uh, non-tab at Bowen and Kunnamulla and Gympie. But our main meeting, of course, tomorrow is at Eagle Farm, which is a very important meeting from a future viewpoint because we're running three preludes of the dual two-year-olds. A two for a One for the Phillies, one for the Colts and Geldings and the two-year-olds and, of course, an open three-year-old uh, prelude. Now, the finals or the actual dual races will be held in two weeks' time at Doombin and they're worth half a million dollars each. So they are very important races tomorrow uh, from a future view, a viewpoint two weeks down the track. So looking forward to that meeting at Eagle Farm tomorrow where the track will be good and the weather, Sammy, as usual in <laughs> Queensland, 
Beautiful one day, perfect. The next will be fine. Apateo from Rock and Horse, lofty strike. Then came Shimino, Zoo style, approaching the 352 links in front of Uncommon James, followed by Asfura. IME plugs on Marine One and King of Sparta is trying to get a run towards the inside. Uncommon James and Asfura up to Zoo style. It's kicking Uncommon James in the middle. Uncommon James grabs Asfura. Uncommon James holding on and won the Oakley plate. Sammy, I know somebody who will be happy to listen to that race uh, and watch that race on video every single day for the rest of his life. Can you guess who that is? Why wouldn't you? Is it Ben Thompson? <laughs> it's Ben Thompson. Ben, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Chris. Uh, how good was that? Yeah, unreal. It was. Um, it really was the best. It's still very, very surreal. But um, oh, yeah, I can't put it into words. So it's um, just, yeah, just a really, really... Good to, to obviously win at the highest level and extremely lucky. Now, go on, sorry, Sam. Ben, did you uh, going to the races? You know, uh, what's what sort of uh, what sort of feeling did you have going to the races? Did you, were you confident that this horse would be able to pull this off? Obviously, uh, you know, making the trip down there and and uh, riding that weight and, and uh, you know, it, yeah, as you say, it was at the top level. It's uh, yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah, I was I was quietly confident, Sam. Like, just just the, more so because of the way I'm I'm very superstitious and and can you know probably look into things a bit like that and and you know like find a good omen. But just the way things had panned out, that uh, like I was obviously I got the the late call up. I know the horse extremely well. I think I had three rides on him before that day for three wins and had ridden him in in majority of his jump outs in his life and uh, plenty of times track work so knew him really well had a great association with Stephen Day and Matt and and that the race happened to be in Victoria where it all all started for me and I'd served my my whole apprenticeship so it was just the way things had come together I I just had a a really good feeling that that he'd win it was obviously from he had had a sticky draw and it was an extremely strong race I wasn't sure how the race had panned out or where I'd be, but I just I was just quietly confident that he'd win, and um, thankfully, yeah, thankfully he did. Now, how special was it? I mean, uh, I was just talking to Sammy, and I, I had a I was ninety nine percent sure you came from the Cranbourne area, but he said Lang Warren. Is that right? Which was very much Cranbourne anyway. Close, almost yeah. in the middle. I grew up in Pearsdale, which okay. is I was I was um, uh, born in Noble Park. Wrong and, direction. And, and <laughs> <laughs> moved from Cranbourne. We lived in Cranbourne when I was from when I was born until I was four, and then uh, we're in Devon Meadows for a little bit, and then and then uh, Pearsdale. So we just kept moving. You'd say south a touch. So um, yeah, and I grew up in Pearsdale, and and my parents still live there now. And um, yeah, it was, it was really it was just an amazing couple of days. Like it was really I was, we didn't have racing in southeast Queensland on Friday, so I, I flew down after track work on the Friday and was able to spend the day with mum and dad and my siblings who the three still live at home um and then mum and my little my youngest sister sophie took me to the races on on the saturday so i was yeah it was a, it's been a a real whirlwind but uh starting to sink in and more so just i guess just the just the status of of um you could say a group one winning jockey obviously that's what yeah every jockey dreams of and, and strives for so just most of that part's really Really, really um, taking a bit to sink in, but that's fine. At least it's, it's not going anywhere anyway. And of course, you, Saturday night or Sunday morning, you've jumped back on the plane and you're riding at the Sunshine Coast uh, last Sunday. 
Yeah, so I, was, I flew out. So the race was at 5.40, the Oakley played, and then I flew out at 9.50 that night. So I was, it was um, a quick turnaround, but it was obviously it was just much nicer to head home or head home that night because of races on the Sunday. Yeah. Um, and then, then I thought just then having to stay and get up early just makes for an extra long day um, on the Sunday, the Sunday coast. So I'd, we had enough time to call into the Greyhound quickly at the Meadows that night. My parents had a, had a couple <laughs> runners and were able to see one of them win. And my brother and sister were there and an uncle and a couple cousins as well. So it was nice to see all of them. And then um, it was only 10 minutes from the airport. So it was really good. Uh, Mum dropped me off the airport and then uh, my wife, Steph, picked me up. So it was, a, it was just really nice to, I guess, as well get home to Steph and, and um, yeah, like I was the person I wanted to see most after the win. And and yet, look, everybody knows Ben. You're you're such a nice guy. And I mean, amongst your fellow jockeys, I can't imagine anyone would begrudge you winning a Group One. What was it like when you you get into the jockeys' room, whether it be Sunday or Wednesday? Does everyone give you a pat on the back and say, "Well done, mate! Congratulations"? Yeah, they did. They did. It was really nice. Like obviously, it it's um, I've seen like, plenty of my peers and and friends tick off their first group one and, and just the reception's unreal and it was um yeah like it, it's overwhelming in, in a way like when you feel it like all the attention on you and just to see how happy everybody else is for you it's really really nice i was between there wasn't really many left in the room at Sandown by the time i got back after the, the presentation and whatnot there was a couple of my of my good mate close mates and john mcneil and and harry coffee that was still there and um, uh, Craig Williams, who's yeah. been a real like a, a big mentor to myself. I was apprenticed to his father and brother, Alan and Jason Williams. So there's always been a strong tie there, and um, so it was nice. I sat next to him on the day, and and um, he was yeah, very happy for me. So it was, no, it was a it was a really to win a Group One, and the way it all panned out, I, I probably couldn't have scripted it. or scripted like it to be any better if I could wish for it. How hard is it riding in a race with two winning posts? It was a bit awkward. I was, I will say, like looking back on it, it's probably a, it wasn't too bad. Probably for I thought two main things, and that's probably a that I hadn't ridden there for ridden at Sandown for two and a half years. I'd worked out, um, and that's all. It was just done two and a half years, which is how long I've been in Queensland for. And the same, and the other would be that like I was on a horse that was going better than anything else. So it's when you're on a when you're on a horse that's going so well, it's easier to wait longer and. And I really, I, I didn't sort of really ask for an effort for him until we were inside the 300 and I, I didn't pull the persuader into or only about, oh, I reckon, 30 or 40 metres from the first winning post. So I was thankful that I was I was on a horse going better than anything else. Yeah. And now, going forward, do you keep the ride? What happens there? Yeah, so it's all a bit up in the air at this stage where Uncommon James will head. His, the plan, his plan A is to go to the Galaxy at Rose Hill um, in a fortnight on Saturday the 18th, uh, where uh, or, or it's all just weather dependent. They don't they'd rather not go there, Steve and Matt and Eleven family. If it if it is wet, which it's Golden Slipper that day, and it's probably notorious for, for being a wet day. Like I, I don't think softed a soft track would bother the team, and nor would it bother my confidence if I'm on him. But um, they just want to keep that in the back of their mind. So we're um, being the case, they'd potentially run him in the new market next Saturday. Um, that's the case. Damien Lane will ride him, though his runs in the the Galaxy uh, looks like I'll get the ride because Damien Lane will have a, a has a commitment to Jack and I. So hopefully he wins the Australian Guineas and 
then he's riding in two weeks later in the All-Star Mile, and I'm back on Uncommon James. Ben, uh, good book of rides tomorrow at Eagle Farm. The red kite for Mark Curry in the first race? Yeah, he was really good uh, at his first start up here. For Mark Curry, he, he ran into a, a good inform horse in Comrade Rosa over the 1400. He travelled up nice and was also, he, was, he sat off the, off the back of a, of a slow speed. Um, mind you, he was leaders back, but it's still, he feels that even he, the two wins that he'd had at Morfordville and on the Ballarat Synthetic, the horse has gears and looks like he's going to get further down the track. So off a bit of a sit and sprint, I thought he was really, really game in defeat. The winner was too good, uh, Comrade Rosa, but I think up to the mile, same class. Uh, it really looks a nice race for him. Hocker Hayes, another horse that's in form, having won its last two at midweek level, but uh, at least he's drawn nice for a good informed stable and um, at a track that he's already run well at. So I think he's, he's a really good chance. Now, in the uh, the dual prelude for the three-year-olds, Ben, you are riding all that pizzazz for Tony Collin. Now, here's a question without notice, and you don't have to answer this. Were you offered the ride on Deer Trail? Um, no, not, I was off. Yeah. Always on. Uh, the only one I was offered was yeah, all that pizzazz. Okay. I had ridden all that pizzazz in his first two starts at a, a second and a win on him and rode him late last prep. So he was, yeah, the, the one that, uh, the going camp had offered me. Um, and he's going really nice. He's, he's, um, only little horse, but you could say he's a bit of a pocket rocket. He'd, he'd obviously won, he'd won three in a row in his first prep and come back last time and, and, he ran well, I thought, especially like he, he raced like he probably needed the run first up, finishing behind Golden Boom. Um, but then his next two runs were really good. He was only beaten just over two lengths to lubrication and Counter Beans ran second in that. He was group three placed and had a really good prep. Um, and then his next start, he was beaten just over two lengths to Hidden Wealth, which it's obviously he had a, he had a super first prep Hidden Wealth. He had finished with him running really well on Magic Millions Day against older horses in the cutest. So... He trialed he trialed a really good second at Deegan last week behind uh, Midnight in Tokyo, mm. who's well performed a Saturday winner in Sydney and had finished second in Atuno early days. So good form there, and um, he's yeah from all reports he's really come on from that. So it's a hot race. Don't get me wrong, with only eight left in it, but uh, hard to say as Jason Dean has bolted into the Sunny Coast two back deer trail. Um, Beast mode that strong trial, yeah behind behind. Um, uh, Natuno and she's got the boom a couple of weeks ago and yeah Beast Mode hasn't done anything wrong or Jakenza so and Spirit Queen was a really really impressive run at the all the way to the Provincials at the Sunny Coast uh, uh, three weeks ago running down polarising and I think it was five and a half lengths from second to third so it's a, yep. I don't think um, anybody could pick the winner of that race but hopefully I'm on it <laughs> is, that a, is that a surprise that Dale Smith's on uh, Deer Trail is, well, he doesn't normally ride for Tony Golan does he yeah, no, he doesn't. He's um, I seen him at the trials on Tuesday. He he um had the colours on, so he um obviously I'm not sure whether he has a connection with the owners there or or he's um starting to yeah to get some rides for for Tony and the Golan camp. But hey, he's a good rider, Dale, as we all know, and very successful in Victoria before making the move up. And it's only that he's he's probably taken a, a step back with his uh, partner Melissa Taylor and him training uh, up at the Sunshine Coast. So, but. He'd have a very good strike rate, Dale, and he's a, he's a good quality rider, so I'm sure he'll give the horse to your trail. It's, um, it's every chance. Uh, Mr. Moderation in race five is a first starter for the Sears camp. Trialed well, Ben? He did. He's um, 
really, really nice tight. This colt is by Heroic Valor, which is probably not as as is not as common sire um, that we usually hear. But um, no knock on him; it's a really good horse. He's a really nice quality two-year-old. This bloke he trialled good at Doombin, um a couple of weeks ago. He's still quite raw, so I've got no doubt whether that whether he wins or um, misses the placings on Saturday. He's, no, whatever he does, I no doubt he'll improve on. Uh, though I think it's probably a, a, it offers or deserves enough respect in itself to see him there because Tony Madison Sears wouldn't throw him in a race like this if they they didn't uh, have a have a high opinion of him. So he's um, more reports he's worked on really well since that trial, and I, I think as you probably would agree, Sam, it's always give a lot of respect to horses whether you're on them or against them that have had a trip away from home, and in a trial it's almost like an outing in itself. So if um, at least He's not. He's heading back. He's heading to Eagle Farm this farm this time, not Doombin. But he um, deserves a lot of respect. It's a very open race. Uh, like there's only though the, the one with the best form of the starters is Mashani Raider, obviously, and even Top Fun. He was a good run last time. He just began slow with the blinkers on, and I, I rode him that day and felt if he had a jumped on terms, and he's he would have been probably three or four lengths closer. He may have he may have beat um, the horse of Bjorn Baker's that day. So. Good race, but looking forward to seeing what he can do, Mr. Moderation. Ben, we better wind it up there. We're running out of time. Uh, what would your best ride be tomorrow, do you think? We didn't get to Namazoo or Bitcoin Baby, but what would you say is your best ride tomorrow? Yeah, fortunate to have like, the two-year-olds, obviously very open races, but very happy with the two that I'm on. And Mashani Royale, that is in the Phillies division. She won the Golden Pearl back in early Jan. So she she's obviously a nice chance. I think I'd say my best would have to be Namazu. Yeah. He won really well a couple two weeks ago over the in a mile open. Meets a similar field plus a couple extras, but he's already proven beyond eighteen hundred. Um, drawn nice at a barrier three and and with a strong informed stable of uh, the O'Day and Hoisted camp. So I'd say he'd have to be my best. Music to my ears because I think he'll win too. Ben, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Uh, Great to chat to you. Congrats again on uh, on uh, the win last week. And, yeah, we'll say goodbye now, Sammy, to Group 1 winning jockey Ben Thompson. Outstanding. Outstanding, all right. Ben, thanks for your time. Best of luck tomorrow. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks, Sam. It's there. Is the punters mate on SEN? This is the punters mate so on SEN this Friday afternoon, the third of March, two thousand and twenty-three. You are with Chris Nelson and Sam Highland. Now, Sammy, we've got a very, very special guest now. SEN's own Sam Collett is going to join us, uh, and of course, Sam is uh, one of the stars of uh, SENQ. Isn't that right, Sam? Now, if you don't know, if you're listening and you don't know, Sam uh, is co-host of The Hoop, which airs on a Friday morning between 6.30 and 7 a.m. That's Queensland time uh, with Alyssa Smith. That's on SENQ. So if you uh, jump onto your SEN app, you'll find SENQ on there. And you call, if you missed the show, it is available on podcast as well. So don't miss that. That's a half hour of uh, 
Some very, very entertaining radio, isn't it, Sam? You are 10% percent manager fees. I'm just a good bloke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to stop. Um, I you wanted know, to put you on the show. Who I want to come on one day as a special guest, but no one's ever asked me. <laughs> yeah. Very disappointing. If Alyssa, oh, wow. if Alyssa's away one week, uh, I'm more than happy to, to, to fill her spot. And if you're away one week, I'm more than happy to fill in as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. You've been a privilege. It's an absolute treasure to work with Alyssa. She's always entertaining. I love she her is. company. Nah, she's, she's a lovely girl, that's for sure. Now, Sam, what are we going to ask you? Ask you, life in Queensland was my question for you. You've been here a couple of years now. Yeah, well, it's probably looking closer to a year and a half. I got here uh, at the start of October 2021 and obviously did my two weeks in quarantine. So I was out in the Brisbane world and, yeah, the end of October. So it's gone quickly. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Obviously, the weather's an absolute draw card. So <laughs> poor buggers at home that have been inundated with rain and flooding. Oh, they've really copped it this year, haven't they? Oh, it's been awful. I feel like they haven't really had a decent summer for the last two years, so uh, it hasn't been a bad time to be away. No, not at all. Um, go on, sorry, Sam. Sam, I, I think it's fair to say that uh, you hit the ground running uh, right from the very start and you've had great opportunities uh, all the way through. Um, so, you know, it's it's. I think it's fair to say it's been a busy time for you the, the whole time you've been here. Yeah, it has, apart from uh, I took a little bit of time off over Christmas and New Year's just to catch up with some family and go on a, a holiday, which is almost absolutely unheard of, having a holiday over Christmas. But um, it was really good. It was just the fresh enough I needed. But other than that, it's, it is certainly pretty full on. You've just caught me on the way home from uh, jump outs at Doombin, uh, sorry, at Eagle Farm. We had jump, jump outs there. And then obviously I've got Sunshine Coast race tonight, race at Eagle Farm on Saturday and then back up to Sunshine Coast Sunday. So it's certainly very full on. You did say when you came here, I remember we spoke to you a couple of times, the one thing that you love to do is to get to all the meetings. You will drive anywhere. Yeah, I have said all will travel. It's always been a philosophy of mine uh, from when I very first started. I've obviously got um, a mortgage I'm paying back home, so that's not going to pay itself. And I do love my job regardless of where I'm riding. I mean, obviously, Saturday winners pay better. Yep. Um, but I like travelling out to some of those smaller meets. You know, you sort of, it's a little bit more relaxed. Everyone's a bit, you know, less uh, under pressure, I guess you'd say. And it sort of get around and see a bit of the countryside too. So it's not all bad. No. It goes with being a Kiwi, doesn't it? You yeah. just, it's bred into you to, to be hard workers, don't you think? Certainly, and I must say, like, full credit to my parents, they brought me up, and, you know, my mum, obviously, she's still riding race day competitively, like, very competitively at home, and she'll be, well, if I can say it on radio, hopefully she's not listening, she'll be 60 this year, it's absolutely unreal. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, my dad's still training, he bought his road, and he trained the winner yesterday, so they always said to me, like, if you want something, you have to work hard for it, and I guess it's just been ingrained in me from the get-go. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's just true, Sammy, isn't it? You want you, you want something, you work hard for it. What do they say? The uh, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah, that's it. And and yeah. I think uh, it's uh, as you've touched on, it's uh, it's a bit easier doing it up here. Uh, I know yeah. myself. Uh, well, we're both from uh, Melbourne, but to, living up here, I love living up here. Just getting up and putting shorts and thongs on. Every day, and as you know, Sam, I love my thongs. 
I know. You have an extensive song collection from what I've seen. I'm all... Hang on, which show? Uh, no, I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I come in, I, I, I do MT Racing Talk after uh, Sam does uh, Queensland Hoop. And, yeah, so I must right. I must change my thongs and up. And you, you come in here wearing a thong? Yeah, no, on my feet, of course, yeah. <laughs> Gee, I wouldn't do that. No, no. You'd be, well, uh, only at home. You'd be escorted <laughs> out of the studio, <laughs> off the premises pretty quickly. <laughs> All righty, now back to business. Uh, you have got some good rides over the weekend. Now, I'm interested in one you're on tonight, Sam, in uh, race number five, horse number one, first starter, look good at the trials, thankful heart. Yes, he's actually horse I've uh, been looking forward to riding, obviously, since that trial. I know that they've had, Casey has sort of said to me that he's been a bit tardy away um, out of this area at the jump outs or something like that. So she said, you know, it's really important we try and, Get him to leave the barriers quickly, and um, he was good. He sort of got a pass mark at the Sunshine Coast and hit the line with a full head of steam. So he's obviously had a little bit of time between that trial and um, tonight's run, but he's a lovely, strong horse. Um, he's a really good type, and he's got any amount of speed too. So, I mean, the short trip shouldn't worry him. Um, he's obviously had a look around the Sunshine Coast too, so I'm pretty sure that'll all help. Now, tomorrow at uh, Eagle Farm, you're on... A very good chance in race number one. It's Hokahe who's flying at the moment. You're riding for Jack this. Bruce. I think it'll win too. It'll win. Top. There's only one danger, and I can't even think. That's oh, the red kite, but I think Hokahe will win. Do you agree with us, Sammy? I hope you do. She's absolutely flying. And Jack's team, he's, you know, he's training winners here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. And it's really nice part of you know, his stable coming up. He's obviously a young trainer. He's getting himself established. He's got... A uh, you know, a stable at Deegan and a stable at the Sunny Coast now. So he's doing a great job at placing these horses well. Um, she's obviously having the first run in Saturday Company, which she well deserved. Uh, her win two starts back when she came from a long, long way off and was very impressive. And she drew a nice gate last start. And she just, you know, jumped the lids well, put herself in the right spot. And never at any stage did she feel like, didn't feel like the winner. Uh, she obviously... He's drawn a fairly nice gate again uh, Saturday. Uh, so I should probably race maybe a touch further back than she did last start, but certainly not as far back as she did two starts. But she's in great, great form, um, and she should be pretty hard to beat again. It's always a good thing, isn't it, when you've uh, had a few rides on a horse and, and you've been winning on it on them, and, uh, you know, you, you go to the races with a little bit more confidence when you know them so well. Would that be fair to say? It certainly is. Like, it's hard, I think, here probably to get a horse you can stick on the whole trunk. There's so many race meetings here, there, and everywhere, and, you know, sometimes horses run places you're not riding because obviously there's always two or three meetings on on a Saturday, but it certainly helps when you've had a few rides on them. You sort of know their quirks, what works for them, um, and, you know, God forbid you give one a bit of an average ride. I always say to a trainer, if I've given one an average, Guarantee I'm not going to do the same stupid thing twice, so please give me another chance. <laughs> so it takes that sort of bad luck out of it too. And do most of them give you that second chance? Oh, occasionally. Okay, occasionally. we won't ask names. Uh, <laughs> just one more question before we let you go. Uh, you're on within reason in race four, which is the uh, the dual prelude for the Phillies. Uh, nice win last time out. Has an awkward gait though tomorrow. Yes, she does. Uh, she's a filly that's really on the way up. She gave me a great feel last night when she won. She sort of did a little bit wrong up the straight, but she's still learning at Cape. But I've had a sit on her this week. She's come through that run very well. I'm assuming from that sticky gate, I'm just going to have to try and get in. I don't think there's any point in trying to rush her forward. She's 
obviously a filly that looks like she's free to stay will get over a little bit further in due course. So if I have to come back to get cover, I'll, I'll have to just, you know, just cross that bridge as yeah. the race is unfolded. But Eagle Farm obviously is a lovely, you know, big long run up the straight. It's not your doom and where sometimes it can be tricky if you get too far back. So it should afford her every opportunity to hit the line and um, she's just going to be a silly to watch too and she, whatever she's doing this prep she's only going to improve on I was uh, standing on the track at Eagle Farm on Thursday morning near the winning post gee it's a beautiful surface now isn't it they've done a great job you know and it's credit to them because I know there was a lot of mixed emotions about yeah. the state of the track all there. but to be fair the last three meetings I would say at least that grass coverage has really come through the track's playing fantastically and uh, it's what you want to see with your premier racetrack, obviously, but it's nice that they've finally got it all together and they can produce a surface like they've got now. Sammy, best of luck to you tomorrow and going forward. Always great to chat to you. And if you haven't heard, anyone out there hasn't listened to the hoop, the Queensland hoop, make sure you tune in every Friday, if not grab the podcast. There you go, Sammy. I've pumped it up again. Yes, thank you very much. Everyone get on board. Give me a five-star rating. <laughs> no problems about that. <laughs> Sam, thanks for your time. We'll speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. See ya. Sam Collett joining us there this afternoon. Sam, it's hard with two Sams. It is too. It is a bit hard, but uh, she's a star, isn't she? And uh, and a, a great jockey. You can back her with confidence. Can do. On the Gold Coast, in the sunshine, a holiday paradise. Certainly is a holiday paradise uh, down there on the Gold Coast and the unofficial mayor of the Gold Coast. And one half of the very successful Two Flogs podcast is our own Blair Gibson. Gibbo, good afternoon to you. Ah, Thank you, Chris. Good afternoon, Chris and Sammy. How are you? All good, Gibbo. We are good. Now, anyone that hasn't heard the Two Flogs podcast need to do themselves a favour. There's my Molly hat put on there. Jump on Spotify or Apple. Uh, and it's a special guest this week uh, on the show, Gibbo. You've got Luke... Cavell, who played uh, plenty of NRL, Sammy and I all over the NRL, <laughs> for Cronulla. <laughs> yeah, he did. He played about 150-odd games, I'd say. I'm, I'm lucky enough to, to call him one of my best mates. I think I had my 16th and 18th birthday at his house. His parents were pretty cool. Um, they must have been. Um, but, yeah, he played 150. He played one game for New Zealand, but uh, he's the second-best sportsman in his family because his daughter, Chloe, she's just turned 13. Just finished second in the skateboarding world championships, wow. um, and he's a top-ranked Aussie going to the Olympics. So she is an absolute superstar. She's also on a sports excellence program for soccer. So um, she might have to decide what she's going to do. But she's already in the top handful in the world in skateboarding. So I'd say she'll stick with that. I don't know if I like those kids, Gibbo. I'm jealous of them. <laughs> well, it does my head in. Her, her old man Luke, like Cov, was the same. Anything he did, he picked up a javelin one day, won the school carnival, and then he, he went all the way through and finished third at state, oh, I think. Just annoying. <laughs> Makes you crook. Doing <laughs> backflips on weightboards. No, oh, yeah. no. That's just, uh, no, no. We'd break our necks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, back to business. Uh, the Gold Coast, of yep. course, race on the polysurface tomorrow. Uh, you got a big winner there last week in Saragala. There were some big margins. So what are we expecting tomorrow? More big margins? Yeah, I'm not sure. It was good at least to see um, the, the real shorties and the, the ones in the market actually winning. They did put a space in them last week, but there's yeah. been a couple of weeks where a couple have gone ordinary. So at least, at least they won. Um, look, it's, I think it's a little bit better meeting. Uh, we get the eight races this week. Uh, look, the couple I've come up with, uh, I'd love to know the prices here, but race one, number four, Minto's Doro. Just think it's a, a really weak race, and it comes out, the debut run, 
um, you might read on paper and think it doesn't look great, but sort of loomed to win, knocked up a little bit late, and it was just a, a much better grade than this. So nearly every horse in that race would win this race. So a couple we don't know about that haven't trolled. That's the query, but I just think um, race one, number four, Minto's Dora is one that will definitely improve from that debut run yep. and can win the first. So race one, number four, Minto's Doro. Yeah, and then King Callow, race five, number two, Fresh Prince. Good North Queenslander, picket fence next to the name, sits up on speed. Callow goes on. Look, he's going to get every possible chance here. Um, and they're the sort of horses I like backing. So he'll be in front, and I'll try to catch the king down the straight. Isn't it good to see the king back in town? And, yeah. uh, uh, and you know, I could just I could just see the smile on his face when he straightened up on that thing the other day, picked the bat up, and just went bang, bang, and said, uh, get home and win. Uh, I, can, I can see those lips of his, uh, you know, you know how he blows the air as, as he's going to the line. He... He blows his face up like a goldfish. Yeah, it was very. Uh, yeah, I, I got it. I, I I had a good laugh at that. Yeah, so did I. And I reckon he. I reckon I always watch him after the post because he doesn't mind letting the person that finishes second to him know uh, how good his ride. How good his ride was too. And it was a pearl of that that in the last. That was a that was a great ride, Vincenzo, last week. It was a it was a ripper. So the king's riding fresh prince. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. For all of us. Uh, okay, so yeah. race one, number four. Race five, number two. Any others? Um, oh, not that I'm super keen on, but I will mention um, race four, number one. Lucky Exchange. Look, it, it won a three horse race last time, but um, it has got a good win strike rate. Like the fact that won this track and trip last time. That ticks a few boxes. So it's another winnable race for it. Um, and Callow's on top there as well. And Eagle Farm, anything you like there? Um, I think so. Uh, look, I thought race two, number one, hard to say. No luck in Sydney last start. Uh, breathtaking in yeah. Queensland. Two starts to go. I think it can run really well. Race three, number one, Tabby Time. Keeps winning. No reason it doesn't just keep winning. And the same for race seven, number seven, Deepaw. Um, Fury Cart's a nice horse in that race, but Deepaw will get back. He'll flash late. He's just, he's just in rare form, Deepaw. Okay, so Eagle Farm, race two, number one, hard to say. Race three, number one, Tavi Time. And race seven, number seven, D-Poor. Give it strength. Thanks, Gibbo. Gibbo, Gibbo, hang on, just, hang on. Before yeah. go, just before you go, just before you go, do you think you can G him up? Like, we've got a bit of time under our belt uh, uh, until Birdsville's on, I think it's 1st of September this year. Let's let's get let's let's get Callow going to Birdsville this year. <laughs> if you tell him, you tell him there's a dollar in it, he's here again. <laughs> <laughs> get in to do, get in to do a talking circuit on his way out. Can we take your he'll caravan more, and do it over? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gallo will make more money on the talking circuit than yeah. nine five winners out there. He's worth that much. <laughs> Golden tonsils. Gold. Gold. Thanks, Gibbo. Have a great weekend. All right, Good luck on the punt. We'll speak to you soon. See you, fellas. Thanks, Gibbo. Gibbo joining us there, of course. One flog. One half of two flogs. <laughs> that makes sense. I don't know. But uh, have a listen to the podcast. Going great guns with that. Sammy, what's your best bets for tomorrow? Okay. Race six, number 11 at Eagle Farm, Trevelyan. Oh. This has got no weight on its back. Uh, it'll get a good ride from Malaya Castle. It'll be winning. Dolby, race six, number two, Hidden Eyes for Ducky Baker. First up over the half mile. It'll be getting the money. And Flemington, race nine, number seven, Dejumbuck. This will just win. It's in super form. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it'll just, uh, I think it's going for three in a row and it'll do it easily. Dejumbuck. Yeah. Trevelyan. 
Uh, I'm not going to say anything. Eleven bucks after last eleven dollars. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say anything. Just say you'll probably win now. Uh, I'm going race seven, number seven, D Poor at Eagle Farm. So I agree with Gibbo there. And race eight, number one, Hillal. Is this a sausage? Would you uh, class as a sausage? Well, I was just talking to Jack before we came in and did this show, yep. and uh, uh, Jack is not a fan of Hillal. And There's a lot of punters that aren't in the same boat. Can, but Tony Gollan's got Halal now. Can he turn it around? He turns around a lot of these southern horses that lose their way. And look, he trialed really well behind Baller. He would only have to be, I've said 75 in places this morning, but I'm saying 60% anywhere near his best and he'd blow these away. Mm, okay. Okay. Not one of mine. Not Don't one forget for he ran me. second to Animo in a size. Not one for me. He's won a group two since and placed in a group one. And he's going up against Stampy, the big goodbye, bar none, etc. Mm. He's got panels on them if he turns up. Okay. If he turns up. So I am with him. Race eight, number one. Hello, race oh, seven, wow. number 17. Yeah, I make him my best of the day. There you go. Taking a chance. Race seven, number seven, deep poor. Race two, number five, deer trail. I really do think two weeks time in the dual race, he's going to be at his peak at 1,200 metres, but I just think he might be able to run a race at 1,000 uh, tomorrow. So something each way, deer trial at around about the $8 mark. How long have we got left, Matt? I'll have four, the snow zone against Halal. I'll go with snow zone. Really? Yep. Snow zone, okay. All right, well, okay, we might have a, uh, a what, do, what do they call it up here? A golden casket lotto <laughs> ticket on that. Is that what they call it? <laughs> I don't know. They don't call it Tats Gee, Lotto, I, that's I fr- for sure. I fronted up again for Powerball this week and, and, and won my standard $10. Oh, uh, well, that's why you're here today. <laughs> All why right. do I do it? That's it for us for this week. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on The Punters, mate. Please do the same again next Friday afternoon, 4 o'clock Queensland time, 5 o'clock in the Daylight Saving States. Have a great weekend and I hope you're back plenty of winners.